0: Hi guys welcome back to another episode of healthy conversations with omi naidu the show where we connect the experts directly to you in this episode i'm joined by tabitha hume who's a registered dietitian with an interest in metabolic disease eating disorders and add she's qualified from uct and has over 20 years experience in helping patients with metabolic disease and various other conditions in this episode, we discuss an innovative treatment option for your patients. The name of the product is called Medicine X, and we hope you enjoy and don't forget to like, share and subscribe. A special thank you to Delfran Pharmaceuticals for supporting this episode. It's a warm welcome to Tabitha.
1: Hi, Ami. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. And thanks for making the time for being on the podcast.
1: Good. It's such a pleasure. I'm glad to be here.
0: Perfect. Perfect. So uh, I had reached out to you uh, due to some innovative products that I had come across and I heard that you were the go-to person when it came to this product.
1: Thank you. Well, I hope so.
0: (laughs) Okay, Tabitha, if we could just start off, you know, uh, could we just maybe talk about your your journey as a dietitian? I remember once picking up a book that uh, had your name on it as well. So aside from a clinical dietitian, you're also an author.
1: Yes, in actual fact, I've got quite a loud mouth. <laughs> Essentially, when I started um, at school, I was always very interested in nutrition and health. And being a ballet dancer, um, I took that a little bit to the extreme when I was in my late teens. Um, started uh, restricting, over restricting, trying to lose too much weight. Of course, even though I didn't need to, and uh, that stage it turned into an eating disorder. So that sort of led me up the path to find out, is there another way apart from the traditional sort of uh, calorie restriction? Um, So I started at university doing uh, genetic engineering, and then uh, I realized it was possible to do a postgrad in dietetics and nutrition. So I was really very excited with that. And of course, uh, all my studies taught me a lot about metabolism, nutrition, the role of insulin, uh, glucose, etc. So I became very, very interested in metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, lifestyle disorders, and of course, uh, eating disorders. So yeah, that's really what I what I specialize in. So I've got a very, very strong interest in insulin control.
0: Wow, that's brilliant that you, you've, you've taken something that you know, was very close to your heart and made it a career that's always exciting. And so today, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so today we, we, we're talking about Picositol and Medicine X and these amazing products for metabolic disease. But before mm. we go into that, could you maybe explain to the listeners the mechanism of action of Myoinositol as well as its role in metabolic disease?
1: Mm, sure, absolutely. Right. Well, myo is actually an isomer of the inositol family. There are actually eight different isomers. And uh, you've got myoinositol, and then you've got d inositol And uh, both of these show insulin mimetic effects in insulin-resistant patients. So basically, when, when we look at the cell and the, the action of the cell, when it, the insulin actually sort of binds to it, to clear glucose from the bloodstream. Um, it uses in its natural pathway two variants, two isomers of inositol. And it's very interesting once it, once insulin has actually left to the cell, um, the myoinositol that is already in the cell. Uh, increases the activity of glucose transport cells and it acts like a second messenger. And then, of course, the d in the liver especially promotes glycogen synthesis. So both of those are present naturally anyway. And uh, they basically assist in the clearing of glucose from the bloodstream into the muscle cell, liver cell, and fat cell. And uh, it's quite interesting because the d uh and the inositol convert within each other, uh, one to the other through the epiramization process. And this is insulin dependent. Uh, The only problem is with type two diabetes and uh, insulin resistance, this epiramase is actually faulty. So we do need to supplement the, uh, the two inositol isomers. Um, in order to make sure that the insulin clearance of, of blood glucose um, is effective. Otherwise, it contributes to the syndrome X or metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance.
0: Tabitha, I think it's quite exciting to see with diabetes management, how different products are targeting different deficient pathways mm. in this metabolic disease. So. It's quite exciting that, you know, there's yet another product that's addressing a pathway that's deficient for a a metabolic patient.
1: Mm. It really is very exciting. And in fact, the more we know about this, the better, because, you know, in the olden days, we used to think, oh, well, you're a bit overweight. You've probably uh, eaten too much, so therefore eat less. Now we know that with insulin resistance, it has many etiologies and many, many treatments. It's certainly not about eating less. We're actually looking at uh, not cutting out carbohydrates, but using low GI carbohydrates. We're looking at minimizing um, the insulin problem by decreasing saturated fat intake. We're looking at exercise increasing insulin sensitivity. We've got obviously the oral agents like metformin or glucophage, which um, sensitize insulin at the cellular level as well. Um, and now, of course, we've found out yet another thing, which is the inositol pathways, and realize that those also contribute. So thankfully, we do have a multi pronged approach to insulin resistance and weight loss. And polycystic ovarian syndrome and metabolic syndrome so you know we can really look at it as in a much more scientific way and see what the etiology brings to us for specific treatment
0: so let's talk now about the ratio and you know could you just elaborate further on why is this ratio important in terms of those two ingredients
1: Yes, sure. At the, uh, uh, at the receptor site of insulin um, in the cell membranes, as well as in the plasma of human beings, we realize that there is a ratio of inositol to d of 40 to one. And this is generally maintained within a healthy level. Um, unfortunately, this ratio is upset when we have severe insulin resistance or type B diabetes. Um, through that epiramase problem that occurs with uh, glucose problems. So we need to be able to supplement that. And that's what's quite good uh, with regards to the medicinecine X because it does have that 40 to one uh, ratio already you know set for us, which is um, which is quite relieving. We don't have to sort of do any of the work it's done for us. And um, so the conversion of one to the other, tends to be faulty, once we rectify that insulin resistance, we start dropping the blood glucose level, dropping the insulin resistance problem, and that uh, tends to rectify itself um, as it is. But yeah, with those different pathways, it's really important that we get the right ratio. Okay,
0: Okay, so who would be the typical target patient for Medsyn-X?
1: Okay, well, that's a very good question. Um, Anybody with insulin resistance, um, there's been a lot of studies done um, with regards polycystic ovarian syndrome, and they found out that the combination of the two actually improved ovulation and decreased testosterone. Uh, They've tested in metabolic syndrome, and it was shown to decrease insulin glucose and testosterone as well. And then in gestational diabetes, it was shown to decrease insulin resistance, but the best um, results were in type two diabetics. And when those were tested with these only over a three month period, they realized that the glucose and the HbA1c decreased uh, quite substantially, it was significant. And uh, in combination with the oral hypoglycemic agents like metformin, it really did show quite a, quite an improved outcome, which is very, very exciting for the type 2 diabetics. And in fact, they can lower some of the insulin usage because of that increased insulin sensitivity. So that's really what we're looking for, is to try and protect the pancreas from producing too much insulin. And so this is um, pancreas. Uh, protective as it were
0: so you you spoke a bit about the medicine x and metformin just to Mm -hmm. clarify then is is this an add-on therapy to metformin or a replacement or if you are using it in combination metformin and uh, medicine x would one anticipate any dosage reductions for the metformin
1: Oh, yes and no. I think that as with all things, Ami, you know what it's like. We have the academics, then we see the patient response. So it's very important to to watch the patient's HbA1c. But certainly what they have shown is that it is an improvement on the uh, metformin uh, response, uh, if you add in the X. Some people, however, can't take the oral agents because they have gastrointestinal effects, they have nausea, etc. Um, in a patient like that, the Metzenix would be absolutely ideal. Um, with the patient as well, they showed was type 2 diabetic patients who were very poorly controlled, even though they were on um, oral agents. They showed quite a marked decrease in HbA1c when they introduced the medicine X. So can it be replaced? I'm not sure if the studies are clear on that level, but certainly used as an adjunct for vastly improved uh, blood glucose levels. I would say it's it's well-recommended.
0: Okay, thanks for clarifying that. And Mm -hmm. how does one then differentiate between a patient for picositol and one for medicine X? We had Claire on the podcast a few weeks back where she discussed PCOS at length, but how do you see that differentiator?
1: Okay, so basically what you're looking at is MedSynX is is designed very specifically for the the metabolic syndrome, the uh, type two diabetic patient, um, because of its vast decrease in glucose and HbA1c. As we know that the uh, PCOS patient, uh, doesn't necessarily have an increased glucose or HbA1c level. So they don't necessarily need the control and blood glucose level, which the X brings us. Um, of course, it can be a positive, but generally speaking, we don't require the X for that. It's very specifically, as it sounds, uh, for the metabolic syndrome or Syndrome X patient.
0: Okay. So so also then, how does the studies look? I know you touched on a little bit about the the drop in HbA1c and glucose levels, but how do they Mm. look in terms of numbers? You know, what can we expect in terms of the HbA1c? Is there any effect on on the lipid profile, any weight loss that one can anticipate? Uh,
1: No, I think that that's largely to do with the metformin and, of course, primarily to do with the nutrition and exercise component. Um, The... Blood pressure, lipids, and BMI remained unchanged, unfortunately, in those patients. However, uh, there were, as I say, the decreased glucose in HbA1c. So on a clinical level, you're looking very much at improved glucose levels and improved syndrome X as a result of the comorbidities that arise from an elevated glucose. Um, so it does work at sensitizing insulin. But of course, because these studies simply are sort of three to four month studies, it it does require further research to be able to see what the long term term benefits are. You know, um, HbA one C is something that we can decrease, and we can have a look at that over two months and and see a mark difference. Whereas BP, um, lipids, your BMI, et cetera, tends to take a little bit longer. It's it's difficult to say what uh, the overall effect would be in the long-term because the studies aren't showing that yet. But if one can extrapolate the physiology, it certainly would help um, the improvement in that. But I think that at the moment I can safely say that's largely the dietician's role.
0: Okay, so when when you do start a patient on medicine X in your practice, maybe just talk us through how does it work? Uh, you know, do you stock it in your practice? How does the ordering? Is it quite complicated? I, I know I speak no. of myself. Uh, you know, when we send patients off with, uh, you know, we typically don't script things, so our things are, are not mm-hmm. scheduled. But when you put something on a on a notepad and they go to their local pharmacy, very often they may then be convinced by the pharmacy attendant that then changes it to something that was completely not what they needed. How do you tackle that? Or how do you, do you see that as an issue in your practice as well?
1: I certainly do. Um, and I've seen people waste uh, a lot of money on that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, what I have found is it's very, very handy because I was given by the company um, a little script pad that very clearly has the picture and how many units I want to have. And I simply tick it and tear that little sheet off and give it to the patient and say, go to clicks, go immediately to, to the people at the dispensary and say, if you stock this, can I have it? If you don't, please, can I um, order this through you? And uh, you know, I really instruct them completely because unfortunately there are people on, on the sort of uh, sales front, which try desperately to push a product that isn't exactly what, what, we, what we want and doesn't have any research attached to it. So that, that side of things, I, I did stock it in my practice for a short while. And I realized that it was probably a lot easier for the patient to be able to go directly to the chemist when, um, when they would like to and find that and order themselves where they want a little bit or a lot. But um, certainly I know for a fact that it was made very easy for me to be able to stock in the practice should a practitioner wish to do that. Um, but okay. yeah, as you say, I think you need to be quite specific.
0: Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, there's, there's definitely other variations on the market. But from, you know, my mm. research as well, I see not many of them meeting that 40 to 1 ratio.
1: Mm. Very much so, Ami. And I think that, you know, uh, there are shortcuts taken in the market. And it's, it's up to the dietitian to be able to know the difference and to understand the difference, to be able to recommend the right product.
0: Sure. And it could we maybe talk a bit about the cost of Medsinex?
1: Mm, absolutely. Obviously, it depends very much where you uh, purchase the MedSinex from, but we're looking at a ballpark figure of sort of 400 to 450 rand a month. Um, and I often say to people, if you compare that to one of the available uh, nutrition resources that uh, caters for your Uh, cooking needs, it's a drop in the ocean. And then, of course, when you're looking at the fact that it is in fact a a natural product that has no known side effects, which I think is very, very important, um, the cost is very reasonable. Um, And when you look also at multivitamin costs as well, some of them reach up to much higher than that per month. So I think it's pretty pretty affordable, especially when you're looking at someone who is concerned about their blood glucose levels.
0: Absolutely. And especially, you know, when you're looking at what is the next step for that patient that's probably plateauing on metformin, you know, they're going to have to add on an, another mm. agent. And with the mm. pharmacotherapies, we know there's always side effect profiles that come in. And it's nice as an, as, as an in-betweener option to think, you know, there's, there is another option to try from a more natural mm. perspective.
1: Very, very much so. In fact, um, some of my gestational diabetics that come, obviously the doctors are hesitant in the beginning, especially if it's just mild gestational diabetes. Uh, they are hesitant to put on oral agents when the woman is pregnant. So we can often start on this and it's, and it's very safe um, with no side effect profile as well, which is very attractive. But certainly with someone who's just got transient insulin resistance or transient um, glucose uh, control issues. Medicinex is a great option and people feel very safe with it.
0: Okay, so we, we're coming to the, the tail end of this interview. And you know, before I let you go, could you maybe share mm. a few success stories of any patients that maybe obviously leaving out details, but any patients that mm. you've had, you know, how did it go? What did, was it just a once a day dosing? You know, how long did you have to wait for some sort of improvements? Anything that you'd like mm. to share with the audience?
1: Well, of course, I mean, I don't like to report anecdotal, but there was one uh, 14-year-old patient of mine who was overweight and had a very mild uh, glucose tolerance problem. And uh, obviously, we were hesitant to try any oral agents. So we upped the exercise. We gave him a low GI and low-fat diet uh, with plenty of fruits and veggies, etc. And uh, I suggested medicine X, which the mum was much more uh, relaxed about because it was uh, um, obviously a natural uh, component, it was a supplement rather than a medication as such, and uh, we had beautiful results, yeah, it was, it seemed sufficient to be able to go along with, and it certainly sensitized the insulin sufficiently with us. Um, to be able to afford him some nice weight loss so of course he uh, his glucose levels came down obviously because it's anecdotal and it's just one patient we can't say whether it was directly attributable but it certainly looked like um, that it worked and and we were very pleased with that so that was an unusual patient you know you expect to hear the 60 year old man but this patient worked very nicely and it's quite a nice idea knowing that there are a lot of patients who are um, children and who will benefit from this as well.
0: I think there's something very positive you know, to a patient's psychology when they try a therapy and they see some sort of improvement. So for this, you know, seeing an increase or improvement in the blood sugar level, I think mm-hmm. psychologically it also reinforces and enhances that, that intrinsic motivation to adapt other lifestyle changes in behaviors as well.
1: Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Um, It just makes the patient feel that they're doing everything they can towards motivating their own change. Um, You know, when, when you just say, oh, why don't you just do this? Or a doctor puts something in front of you and says, follow this diet. They sort of feel a little bit uncared for. And as all of us know, lifestyle changes can be jolly challenging, um, really challenging. So when a patient feels like they're getting a multi-pronged approach from all sides and they're treating the problem that they now understand, they certainly do feel the support, even if it's just from themselves, but everyone around them to to want to make that effort, to want to make that lifestyle change and feel very proactive about their health and, and the outcome that they're striving for. So yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Tabitha, thank you so much for, for your time today and sharing your, your knowledge and expertise on this amazing product, but also this amazing therapy in terms of, you know, trying to understand the metabolism behind it. I think often as dietitians, when we think back to biochemistry, a lot of us mm. are daunted with nightmares. So it, it's nice that you were able <laughs> to summarize it so, so, so easily for us to, to get the concept.
1: Oh, good. Thank you. I'm glad I had you. Yeah, I've always been very passionate about biochemistry and physiology. So I found this terribly exciting and it is it's great strides forward. So thank you, Omi.
0: Tabitha, thanks again. And we will definitely chat soon. Thanks again for being on the show.